0: And it's on. We're back, baby. (laughs) Back in action. We've
1: been away, but uh, but still doing it. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm trying to think of, I mean, we've had a very, like, kind of hit or miss uh, late half of the year. So, what I'm trying to think of last time we got together, because it was. Uh, was it before Nostrasia or just after?
1: It was before Nostrasia. It was
0: before. So yeah, like I need that update. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Oh man,
1: I can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I got to show you right now. Still repping this as the shirt my dad made for Nostrasia. So I, I knew that would probably come up today.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, I mean, is that is that a good place to start or
1: what else? What yeah. Else well, okay. let's start that. I mean, I mean, we have so much to catch up on. Yeah. I think we really haven't chatted since like the summer almost. Or, yeah. Or early I mean, fall. we chat sometimes. You know. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> but like you know, with, with, with all of our uh, home our extended. Family. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's start with Nostra Asia. So that was in early November. November first, right? Mm-hmm. And we went over on, uh, actually on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that, that was super cool. We arrived on October, October 31st and um, we were staying. The conference was in uh, Shibuya. And so, you know, they were supposed to like kind of dial down the Halloween celebrations there because there had been some kind of like stampede in Korea recently. And so I guess they were worried about that. Um, there was a stampede in Korea, something like that. I don't know all the details, but for whatever reason, in Shibuya, there were signs everywhere saying no Halloween celebration. They're oh, trying to control okay. the crowds because you know, like Shibuya Crossing is very famous yeah, for yeah. having tons and tons of people. But anyways, we we went anyway, and there was um, still a ton of people, all kinds of crazy costumes. Uh-huh. Uh, we wore some you know masks ourselves. It was a great time. Honestly, I'll start by saying Japan is awesome. Oh
0: yeah, like oh, I just
1: everything about Japan, like that's got to be the greatest country on earth, at yeah. least to visit. It is so cool. Yeah in every which way so anyway so japan was amazing you know i'm a big green tea addict um Mm -hmm. and so i'm happy to wax poetic about all the (laughs) kinds of tea as much as you guys want senchas and gyokuros and matchas and i came back with like way too much tea Uh um but i thought you were like a no caffeine person no caffeine in the afternoon Uh, and that's just like otherwise i'll be up all night and Mm -hmm. i'm already naturally nocturnal so got it Anyway, so that was incredible. And just, yeah, being in Japan, you know, for a little over a week and a half was really nice. Um, the conference itself, though, was excellent as well. Uh, see, it's already been over a month. Wow. Um, first of all, it was cool to see, you know, a lot of the same faces from Nostrika, people mm-hmm. that had maybe started projects that were still working on them. So, of course, you had people like Pablo. um, you know, Jack was obviously obviously there, and you know he continues to do so much to sponsor that whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Ark from Ellen Bits, mm-hmm. the Albie guys, Bob, our mm-hmm. mutual friend who's now working on Prisms. Um, Jeff was there; just an incredible group of folks. A lot of the same folks from yeah. Um, and then you obviously had a lot of new folks that were coming in. One of the interesting things was, was there was a whole Japanese like sub community. I had no ex- idea they even were there, and so some of these guys apparently have their own relays. And like their own Japanese only community. Like there was one guy that gave a talk purely in Japanese and Mm -hmm. like English slides about search. And he was like using Elastic and all this stuff and was trying to build his own search engine, but it was all in Japanese. And so that was pretty true. And and is that
0: both on the user side and the developer side?
1: Well, I, good question. I think he was primarily focused. Actually, I don't know. Um, my impression was getting developers to use his software, but the way he was talking about, I guess users could use it as well. Mm Um, But that was cool just to see that there was a whole community I didn't even know existed in Noster. Right. Uh, And it's also interesting, by the way, I think we mentioned this before, but, you know, Japan after the U.S. was always uh, Twitter's largest country. Right. And so for whatever reason, I guess the way the Japanese language works, the 140 characters, that was a good amount of space for people to share things in Japan. It's more like
0: long-form blogging, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, Anyway, so I had no idea, but apparently it's popular in Japan. That was cool. Um, And... In addition to that, you started to see, oh, Fountain, Oscar was there, the Wavelate guys were there. There There's a really cool value for value panel with uh, Oscar, the Wavelate guys, uh, Open Mike, who's the guy in um, Minneapolis that's doing a bunch of like Bitcoin value for value shows right now, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Uh, in fact, I think they've got that girl Ainsley who, I don't know if she's like already broken $10,000 in sats. Oh. Um, but like that was kind of their goal is like, let's get one artist who was not into Bitcoin. I think her dad was mm-hmm. and like help them make, you know, enough money they could sustain themselves. And,
0: and it's non Bitcoin content. It's just other, yeah. other, just what, like, what's the, what's the style of content that she's country music. Making? Okay. I actually haven't
1: even listened to it yet, but she's in Nashville. I want to say she's like Gen Z or something. so like pretty young. And it's just country music, but people can zap her. So nice. anyway, so that was all really cool to see people kind of thinking on some of those next things. I think the stuff that I, you know, I'm still very excited to see people developing marketplaces. You know, Ben was talking a lot about Nostra markets, and mm-hmm. Bits. If I had to pick one, oh, obviously million was there with Primal and they yep. made some announcements. Um, they've released a lot lately. Yeah. If I had to say one talk that really caught my attention though, without a doubt, it was Bob's talk uh-huh. on using Nostr as Bitcoin's layer three. Mm-hmm. Now, for me and my fund, I've said this in a kind of similar way. The way I've always said is Bitcoin is decentralized network for money or value, Lightning for payments, Nostr for data or right. messaging. Um, Bob kind of made that very specific for the financial or payment use case. So, Bitcoin money, Lightning payments, and the Nostr is the messaging layer to coordinate payments. If you haven't already watched his talk, highly recommend it. To me, this was like the at least one of the musty talks from the conference, and the way he said it was it was just so clear. Where in the fiat system, obviously, we all know the problems with our dollar system. We all know the problems with the banking system, but his point was like we actually have like pretty decent messaging systems to be able to coordinate between various banks, and that would be stuff like. The credit card networks like Visa or MasterCard Mm -hmm. and Plaid, which can basically help, you know, find and solve the identity and coordination problem of how does one bank send to another bank or, you know, how do you coordinate payments between lots of entities. And his point was that in the Bitcoin and Lightning world, we've obviously solved the money problem, or we think so, we have a sound money. We think we've solved the payments problem with Lightning, but we have not solved that messaging problem. And the way he said it was very simple in that the beauty of the internet is not one-to-one communication. It does that, and that's great, but we already kind of, you know, more or less had that. We've telephoned before that, even the telegram if you want. Mm-hmm. But what the internet does is anyone to anyone or one to many yeah. or many to many all the time. And so his point was with a Bitcoin Lightning payment, you know, let's say you wanted to send a payment to even three people right now. Like maybe you can do that, but it's still pretty challenging, particularly if maybe you're sending you an Albi user, a Strike user, a Cash App user, you know, they all have different... Standards for receiving mm-hmm. those payments. And so, what he wanted to demonstrate in his kind of big, you know, Eureka moment was if we can use Noster as the messaging layer for Bitcoin and Lightning, then that gives everyone a common identity standard. And a common protocol for connecting all these different existing lighting apps. High level, Bob's talk, Nostra is the messaging layer for Bitcoin Lightning. Bitcoin is money, lightning is payments. And then sort of like Visa and MasterCard, you still have this problem where if I want to send to three different wallets, lightning wallets, say Albi, Cash App, and Strike, they all have different standards. And so Nostra provides common standard for figuring out how to send those payments and a common identity like the system. identity of who you're sending to. Exactly. And so... What you can then do, and this is what Noster Wallet Connect allows. So basically you need two things for this to work. You need Noster Wallet Connect and something like Lightning Address today, just Lightning Address is fine. Maybe in the future it'll be a completely Noster version of that. But basically um, the ability for you to say, on my behalf, I authorize a payment to be sent, you know, to whatever another another user's wallet info using Noster Wallet Connect. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I need to know is their Noster pub key
0: uh-huh. to send
1: that payment. And so that's really interesting because now all of a sudden, in theory, you can start doing, instead of just three payments at a time or one to one or one to three, you could do one to 50 Mm -hmm. and start doing lots of payments at once. And that was kind of the big thing he was showing with his prisms and split payments. And that to me was like a really powerful idea of like, okay, now you're starting to see like a true internet of money emerge. And so how
0: how does that, is it similar to the way you can do like a split payment Mm -hmm. on, I don't know, like I think Fountain has this, right, where you can... Somebody could, we could publish this podcast on Fountain and then people could send us sats and we could say 50% to
1: you, 50% to me or something. Like right. That. And that's what Bob is calling, I think, his Prism product.
0: Okay. And so, so Fountain does this kind of on their, I guess it's like a closed source iOS app, right? Right. And I
1: think that's the way Kian does it as well in Stacker News.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. They have like payment routing kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, so then this is like a, protocol specific, is the Bob's project is more like a protocol way to incorporate those types of product features exactly but doing
1: it only with I think the only thing you need is to receive the payment you need a lightning address to send it you need Nostr Wallet Connect so you need to be able to I guess and I actually I, I need to, to verify this but you need to be able to specify I guess the different not Noster pub keys and each of those need to be hooked up to a lightning address I see
0: and then I I'm not deep enough on lightning here mm-hmm. but uh is this like a non-custodial thing, or this is Bob is taking custody of the funds to do this? So
1: non-custodial, although today doing, if you have lightning address, you're probably using a custodial provider to receive that. Although that could change in the But it's independent in future. of like it's independent Prism, Bob.
0: Bob's it, thing, Exactly.
1: Right? And so that's actually the, the big value prop that he's pushing for here is that messaging companies like Plaid never touch your money. And the same thing is happening here. When one of his big selling points was if you want to go and get a big company like a Google or whoever to Integrate Lightning, it's a huge pain in the ass. One, it's technically difficult. Two, they have to figure out, am I a money transmitter? Am I not? What do I do with this Bitcoin once I have it? Do I need to have any kind of special accounting? It's just a huge pain in the ass. And like, if it's not your core business, you're just not going to do it because why would you? Mm -hmm. And so with Noster Wallet Connect and using, you know, this new protocol for just messaging, you can basically say, hey, you know, uh, authorize us uh, to send a payment from, you know, you bring your own Lightning wallet, mm-hmm. so you can bring Alby. Great, give us your inpub, cool. Give us the inpub you want to send to. Great, if you want to receive, give us your Lightning address, and you can now authorize payments to be sent on your behalf. And the company that's doing the coordination never touches the money. They just say, "Hey, you know, your wallet, Alby, send a payment to this address right here," mm-hmm. and we never touch it. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot easier in theory for a Google or some of these other tech companies to integrate because they don't actually become money transmitters or touch your money.
0: And when you send it to that single end pub, Mm -hmm. it hits that and then through the Prism system, it distributes that to maybe five or 10 or... Yes, and
1: I'm not exactly sure how that works, but in theory, I think all... And and maybe I guess that's what Bob and his company are solving, but all they need is the end pubs of the, the people they're sending it to. And those, in order to receive the payment, I think that needs to be hooked up with a lightning address as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Bob's company. So is this, is he actually doing this as like a From what, what I like can a tell. startup? Yeah. Or or less?
1: I, I don't know if he's going to go. I mean, it seems like he's going like all in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it'd be good to have him for yeah. another, another chat soon. <laughs> um, I think he's still kind of in the exploratory phase. But if you go to Make Prisms, I was just checking it last night. I mean, Makeprisms.com? I think so. Cool. Yeah. Um,
0: cause it seems like it's a useful primitive for Nostra, but a lot of Nostra primitives are a little more nips and open source and kind of yeah. that. So I, I wonder what kind of like, is there a specific application he already has in mind or one that, well, the big thing hurt? he was
1: launching with one, you can do these prisms, you know, if you want to be able to do, Hey, split payment to whatever these people, mm-hmm. but the big thing he had in mind was similar to Twitter's, um, pooled payments product or whatever today. Like if you do, what is it called? The, Blue, Twitter blue, if you pay the $10 a month or $8 a month or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's a pool of money that they then pay out to the content creators. He was trying to do the same thing with Noster. I actually don't know how successful this has been since the conference, but the idea was you basically pay, I think it was like 3,000 sats to go into a pool And that pool then got paid out to the top ten posts for various trending hashtags like art, nature, and other stuff like that. But
0: then so then Bob Bob or his company is is the coordinator of all that. But they never
1: touch the money. That's the difference.
0: But they're collecting so they're collecting it on the monthly subscriptions? They're setting
1: up the prism that says conditionally this money will get sent. Like I think it's on a rolling basis of the last three days. The money that you put in there goes into a pool that gets paid out, but they never actually pool the money themselves. So I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. how that works, but okay. in the Twitter case, they take or any of these other you know platform cases, they take the money themselves, take custody, and then pay it out. In this case, I think he's conditionally setting the payment so it gets paid out to the right people, to mm-hmm. the right ten people in the prism, but he never touches the money. I
0: see, and and so those people have to have wallet payments initiated. Those payment
1: those people need to have
0: lightning addresses hooked up. A lightning, address hooked, a lightning up, address hooked up to their input.
1: Okay. Yeah, cool. So anyways, <laughs> and look, I mean, obviously Bob can explain this, yeah, but we'll then I can't. Yeah, I like to
0: watch the video theory.
1: But the general takeaway is Noster is great for solving identity and messaging for Bitcoin lending payments. Yep, yep. That was my kind of like, oh yeah, that's a really nice, clear explanation. Yep, makes
0: sense. Yeah? And so that was that was one of the highlights of Nostrasia for you? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Just
1: the way it, th- that hit me very clearly. Um, I would say that was probably one of the biggest highlights. There was another one, uh, actually, well, I was going to say you're, you're going to be gone tomorrow, but this guy, Stuart. um Bowman or Bowman, I'm not sure you say his last name. I was really impressed with his talk as well. He's the developer of Satellite.Earth. Um, and uh, anyways, he's he's not too far away from here. So we're going to chat, I think, maybe tomorrow in the next and couple of days. what is Satellite.Earth? Satellite.Earth is another Nostra client, and it's more of like a Reddit or Discord type of client. Oh, cool. Um, but he's also doing a lot of interesting things. I don't know what I can share yet, but he has a lot of interesting ideas around how to distribute and store content in a decentralized way. So meaning like the media server for a video <laughs> or something? How to do uh,
0: Nostra.build decentralized. Okay, yeah. And people touched on like maybe a
1: BitTorrent yeah, that's, thing. Is that kind of... That's kind of the direction he's thinking, okay. I think. And I'll see where his latest thinking. I am also extremely curious about this idea of incentivized torrents. Uh-huh. I know some people have criticized it. I think Fiat, Jaff and Pablo are less bullish on using torrents. Mm. Um, I actually don't know all their arguments. I'd have to go and you know learn more. But this guy, I was extremely impressed with his talk he seems very sharp Satellite.earth is a really nice client too and he's
0: he's both a kind of subreddit like community mm-hmm. forum aggregation software so I guess he's like taking notes and presenting them in that community style yeah and then he's also somewhat similar to stacker news a little bit a but, little but, bit uh, but but both that and a media server yes and the today Earth product is kind of both in one
1: yeah and I think I mean he started off as more of the Reddit or even like kind of discord I okay. guess uh, client and then he recently, I think, in the last couple of le- in the last couple of weeks, launched something like Nostra Build natively, which mm-hmm. is just him centralized. But the idea is he's thinking about how to do it decentralized. Right, right. So I'm very curious to learn more. I personally think the incentivized torrent thing sounds fascinating, and it makes sense to me, like getting paid to to seed. Um, I'd have to chat more with Pablo and understand. I'm sure there's real reasons he's skeptical of that. Um, right. But someone needs to figure out some way. And I know Fiat Jaff is like a huge hater in IPFS and I <laughs> beyond just the shitcoinery involved right. in the file coin. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully next time we, we chat, I'll have more to report there. But I think those are the two talks that really caught my attention. Right. What is,
0: uh, what has Pablo been up to lately? I haven't caught up with him in a little bit.
1: I haven't caught up with him since the conference. And even at the conference, that man, of course was like on every <laughs> stage. And like, he also just like had a kid. So he's, I mean, he seems like he's got all his hands full. Yeah. Um, I think he's launched Insect Bunker. I'm seeing a mm-hmm. lot of chatter about that. I don't know if people are, you know, if it's like just in like beta and a few people are using it, but I've, I've heard some positive things about people using Insect Bunker and Insect Bunker is an easy way to like secure your keys and say, you know, I think permission signing for various use cases. I think like one like very clear examples, let's say kind of like the, um, oh, what was that company, Buffer, kind of like social media mm, management. Right, okay, yeah. Like I want, Someone to be able to manage whatever various accounts, and they can sign off on certain things from these accounts, but not everything. Right. Um, and so I think Insect Bunker was like an attempt to to give you some of that granular permission signing stuff. Right. Um, but I, I don't know too much since then. We need to, We both cool. need to do yeah, a chat we gotta with catch them. Up there. <laughs> of Pablo out there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the thing I am most excited about, uh, which I want to dive into, is Stacker News. Oh yeah. But before we do, I think we have a lot to talk about on Stacker News. How the hell have you been, man? I haven't seen you. I mean, <laughs> I've seen you at some other, right, right. you know, sort yeah, of tangentially related events. But. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm good. I think uh, you know, I have been, yeah, kind of all around, all around town. You know, really with you know, the Foundation you know O program has taken up a lot of uh, my time as sort of become a vortex for <laughs> for uh, you know all things tech in San Francisco. So, um, I've kind of been pretty kind of involved in that and that has taken up a lot um, but uh but I have you know uh, still you know super interested in these topics and I want to sort of figure out where do these touch that and where does that touch they, they, they seem like they're different communities like the kinds of people who are most attracted to one or the other don't don't necessarily for now have as much an, yeah for now and so yeah I mean I, I hope that we can bridge that at some point uh you know because I'd, I'd love to get you know, more people involved in actually both ecosystems. I think there's a lot a lot of good to be done to get uh, it's just more
1: more people building great things and help more people get started and assemble teams and all of that. So I've, I've gone to a couple of these Founder Digital you know, Showcases, which is really cool. A lot of AI, a lot of traditional sort of tech, early stage stuff, incredible showcases. What has been most interesting or surprising to you about, I don't know, the startups you've seen there, the community you've built, AI.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I'm I think the most surprising thing is how fast people can go from nothing to a very substantial business mm. given all of these new AI ingredients that are kind of floating around there. And that can be everything from like there's insatiable demand for GPUs so people can build businesses kind of assembling clusters and making those available. And then there's all kinds of uh, applications that can be built already and they often t- tend to be a little bit more um, kind of enterprise use case like you identify a customer they have a problem you solve a problem um, but people are willing to pay because these problems like are meaningfully different than anything the customers ever seen before hmm. and so you know there's plenty of examples you know like businesses launched this year that are already on you know multi-million dollar run rates it's crazy uh,
1: And are these just like
0: GPU businesses you mean or No, even like application, like a SaaS application business in AI, just that the the primitives are so powerful and different than the customer's ever seen that people, you know, uh, there's definitely people who just like pilot something and try it out and see, oh, like, we'll try anything, right? (laughs) Then there's people actually getting like lots of real value out of these things. Um, So, you know, things that, things that you might think, oh, there shouldn't be a market for that. Like, um, I don't know if we talked about cursor or did you see cursor? They're building like a an IDE with very tight, you know, sort of if you were to imagine an IDE built with, oh yeah, I do remember this, yeah, you know, with like a GPT coding tool integrated deeply into that experience. And people say, oh, well, you could have VS Code with a plugin, but if you actually go deep, yeah. you actually find that there's all kinds of opportunity to build something really that that, that takes all those primitives and uses them in a in a, a tighter way. Um, and you know, there's people building those kinds of things or application specific. Um, you know how do you do image transformation for or image generation for a um, uh you know for a specific use case like maybe in in architecture or planning or in e-commerce and you know uh, shop Shopify stores or something like that. There's so many of these applications. These you know the internet is just up, such a massive place. Like, yeah, I love that. It's it's hard to keep remembering that if you're not. <laughs> Actively pushing yourself to realize how big the internet is because you're kind of like well I don't know I go open up my computer open up my phone open up a web browser open up you know Noster, Twitter, whatever you know like that's my view of like the world but that's a tiny sliver of the whole world is connected on this humanity. thing humanity yeah and so much commerce happens there and it's almost like if it's not on there it almost you know increasingly has less relevance in the world in a way so I, I guess I'm most struck by the pace of real business building that has been going on. And then I think on the flip side of that, there's all these real, real business being built, but we also don't really know like what the final state of any of this is. Right. And that's, that's, I think a reason to be optimistic. It's not a pessimistic view, but it's like, there's so much change that there's not a single AI company I can point to that's like, this is the one that we're going to have 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. It's like the, you know, the chessboard is getting thrown up and shuffled. And, um, and it's it's kind of, it's exciting because it's just like open for tons of experimentation, tons of people to innovate and try different things. And many of them are really, really working really, really fast.
1: What is your, I mean, not to distract us too much, but what is your best guess 10, 20 years out? Do you think it's going to be, for example, like if I had to make a good guess, you know, which companies are going to really thrive from this? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Apple and sort of their monopoly around rich people having iPhones, probably not going anywhere and you could probably get a lot better with, you know, running local yeah. models. So I'd probably bet Apple's here. Yeah. Google probably, although they fumbled a lot, like just that much talent, that much data. Like, do, do you, are you seeing all these startups? Are you increasingly in the camp of 10, 20 years? One of these, you know, or a couple of these startups could be massive or do you think the Apples and Googles are just going to take it away?
0: I think it's not really an either or. It's a both. both? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you're right about Apple, and I would I would double down and say, you know, Google largely owns the search experience, mm-hmm. and so if you're just typing something into a box, I think Google owns it. Yeah. Like, if it's just a different smart logic behind that box, but it's ultimately a box, Google owns that. Now, like, is plenty plenty of innovation, lots of room for people to try things, but I think it's hard to, like make us make a box that's so much smarter that everybody switches their box. Yeah. Same same with the devices. Devices are so hard to manufacture in the supply chain and all of the chips and manufacturing and retail distribution online and brand, like you're not gonna beat Apple at that thing they're good at. Now, there's transitions that could cause either of those companies to to stumble, but I think they're also like very aware of this. <laughs> and they're aware in a way where they can actually respond. Like when, when, when social networking happened, I don't know if you paid a lot of attention to these medium. But when social networking was taking off, um, you know, initially Google was very skeptical and kind of like, man, these things are fads. They come and go. It doesn't really matter. And then once they got serious about it, it was kind of too late because they didn't really have any types of assets to bring to it. So it's just like, I don't know, just try to jam everybody through Google. Plus. <laughs> Google, Plus, yeah, I remember right. that. <laughs> it's like, obviously, you know, not going to work. Because um, you actually, with social, you actually need to start with like densely connected people who actually know each other in real life, you know, turns out to be a good part of the formula. Um, and, and I think it's hard to recreate that just cause you have the technology, but with like, you know, this LM stuff, transformers, like anybody who has a lot of distribution, you know, like Apple, Google, Facebook, um, can actually improve those products yeah. in a meaningful way. And they're mostly going to capture most of the value of that. And they also have, they have proprietary endpoints and distribution points. So Apple has the phone that people look at. Um, Google has proprietary data and YouTube is probably the most important data set yeah, in the data world. Yeah, super valuable. Um, and they can train on it. And Apple, Google, Facebook, they all own these endpoints, distribution, you know, these experiences. So I think you can make like the phone better, you can make the search box better, you can make like messaging better with LLMs. And I think the, all of that is going to accrue to those companies, you know, yeah. majority of that. But I think there's all kinds of new experiences that have not been built yet. Like one of the ones I wrote about, uh, you know, I think the last week or two, um, is if I just want to conjure up an app from scratch, I love that. I should be able to do that, and LLMs kind of get there. And you can squint; they basically totally fail today, but you can squint and see how it would work. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like crazy science fiction. It's like a bunch of hard engineering work to get that to actually work. Yeah, but the ingredients are there. And Google's not particularly good at that. You know, Facebook, Apple. Nobody really owns that idea. Mm. They, they're not just extending into their existing dominance to win yeah. that. It's de novo. So I love it. can the big ones do it? If they really cared and knew exactly what to build, they could do it. But are they advantaged relative to a startup? Probably not. I think startups will get started to try to build those kinds of things. And many of them won't work. And then, you know, one of them will break out. And it could be as large as... A Google Facebook Apple
1: so let's talk about this I love that piece of yours yeah, um, thank you. the TLDR is basically in the future democratized software development I love this word you use contract because it really does it feels like you're just uttering natural language magic to create whatever software experience that you want so m- maybe you could expand a little bit more on what you're thinking
0: yeah so I, I sort of have been obsessed with this idea of how can more people create more software and kind of in the piece I talk about hey there's eight billion people in the world. Everybody actually needs their own custom software. Yeah. But most people, you know, there's there's only 27 million software developers in the world. Wow, it runs that know, low. Yeah. Up, down a little bit, you know, plus or minus 10, 20 percent. But that rounds to basically zero. Almost <laughs> no human knows how to create software. It's like a very limited specialized skill. But every human has software needs. And most people have just we've kind of programmed ourselves to say, eh, it's good enough, I'll just use whatever I'm given. Instead of saying, actually, what I really want is I want the app that Max has, but I want it to be, like, a little bit different. I want, like, the UI to be oriented for somebody who is left-handed. Or I want, you know, I read, like, a right-to-left language. Or I just, like, I prefer psychedelic colors instead mm-hmm. of the, like, you know, uh, you know uh, black and white kind of gray tone thing. So I think, <laughs> I think everybody has these needs, but everybody's conditioned to not express those needs not even imagine or dream them sort of like crushed creativity and we've told everybody just take you know google docs as is and you can't have tweaks and you can't have all the special features you might want that might help you use google docs more effectively just get you know the one thing that we built for a billion people so i think in the future you know, I could be using a Google Docs like experience and be like, actually I wish this just had like, I don't know, an image generator in, or I wish it kinda, you know, automatically calculated anytime I do a number, it kind of knows what I'm talking about and you know, calculates it or it sees what I'm typing and it comes in with new suggestions. And there's all I mean those are like generative integrated cases, but I should also just be able to tell the software, hey, I just want to do something else. And in a sense it's kind of like creating micro apps. Mm-hmm. Like I can just say like <laughs> Like maybe the app already exists. Maybe it's the feature exists as a sub feature of another app somewhere. But then I have to like know the app exists and then download the app and then know how to navigate the feature. Maybe set up a blah, blah, blah. It's like it's such a hassle versus if I can just conjure it up and say, hey, I need a thing that does this. (laughs) Like like right now, what I would do is I'd say, hey, we, we had like some recording problems earlier. If I could just be like, you know what, give me an app where I can just like dump a few video files in and it'll figure out the right thing to do, and it kind of froze the screen at a few times. Just fix that. That, That's an app I actually want right now because of this experience. It's not something that somebody at Adobe is going to build. Yeah, But we can actually, you can squint and see how that's possible now.
1: Yeah. One thing that I loved in your piece is you talked about the first example of this being game design. Oh, yeah. And I thought this was very interesting. I'm actually not a huge gamer myself, Um, but, you know, and I think something else you've talked about in the past is kind of the blurring of software and media, perhaps a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me because, yes, you can create apps to do whatever you want, but increasingly, what you're also gonna do is just create whatever kind of media and then experiences you want. So maybe you're like, hey, we've been conditioned to like watch this random ass movie at the movie theater, but like, yeah. maybe you want a movie exactly based on your interests. Yeah. And then you can squint and take it a few steps further and you're like, well, maybe then you wanna put yourself as first person. In your own game that you created, yeah. oh wait, maybe that's what's happening right yeah. now, and it's already happened in some other cycle before. We're all just dreaming <laughs> that we're first persons <laughs> in whatever game that we wanted to dream up, right? And maybe we're about to rebuild that again in whatever dimension yeah. this is, yeah,
0: in the simulation, in the we're simulation,
1: create new simulations, right? All the way up and all the way down for I hour. mean,
0: that, that that's the whole reason that the simulation hypothesis kind of makes sense, right? It's it like makes tons of sense because it's like actually, literally, what we do
1: is we create games and simulate things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like what what Cold do humans worlds. do when we get bored? We make new games. And if you really get bored, what would you most want to do? Forget that you were in a game. Right. Right.
0: So it makes tons of sense. So I think to get something like a triple A title, you know, quality gameplay, I mean, just even the gameplay and the balance and how it feels and how challenging it is and how it graduates up. That's such a challenge. So I say like, that's, that that can be done someday, but not today. Like let's back it off to something reasonable. And I think the very reasonable starting point I propose at least is like crossword puzzles. like, let me make okay. a custom crossword puzzle that's my own app where I like I just say, Hey, generate me a crossword puzzle about Mammoth Lakes, right? We hang out in Mammoth Lakes a lot. So we know things about town that are like, you know, specific words, maybe the name of the coffee shop or the bagel shop or something, where anybody else in Mammoth Lakes would be like, Oh, I get it. You see me, that's yeah. my thing. But everybody else in the world's like, doesn't make sense. I don't need it, right? And then I can package it maybe as like a PWA, you know, kind of and send it. I know the, you know, dozens of people, 50, 100 people who would think that's fun to play. Yeah. And I bet they would see that and be like, "Oh, this is cool." And if there's a button that's like "make my own or remix." Yep. Right? Then they can take it in their own direction. Maybe you want to do one about San Francisco, maybe you want to do one about, you know, your neighborhood or something. And you know all the people who would want to use it, but it's not like you're download an app and you just do the content. Maybe you actually extend it in a totally. direction. You're like, "Actually, I want to do crossword puzzle, but I want to do like a leaderboard and I'm going to invite the people who are allowed to use the leaderboard and you have to log in with a thing or I give you a code or whatever, but you just like conjure that up again, like just it. decide you want it. And, and I think the thing about games is they're like to ma- build a triple A title, super expensive today, today to build a crossword puzzle is fairly cheap, but to build like a very customized crossword puzzle is still crazy expensive. Hmm. So I think if you could like get the personalization of a of just like a very simple app, but it's hyper personalized. I think everybody be like, I've never seen anything like that. Totally, Max. I didn't know you were a developer. You just made me a a, a, a crossword puzzle. That's amazing, right? And so I think if you can <laughs> if you can empower people with those kinds of tools, and we're like we're we're raw. It's nowhere near like it was, It's probably close enough to yeah. start to be able to do these. But I think you need like these early baby steps to get there. But I think what's going to happen is we're going to see you know, three to five orders of magnitude more software built. And every someday people are gonna just learn, like, oh, you just expect, you just have whatever
1: you want. If you don't like the way this software is, you tell it to do something else and it'll do it. Totally. I love um, it. And by the way, so that, that's got me thinking of a couple of things. One, your idea of extending and remixing is beautiful because then you can imagine that everyone is a collaborator. Mm-hmm. Right. And um as we were talking about earlier, maybe you put out some software that's awesome. Maybe someone takes that, remixes it, and maybe you have split payments. Yep, in the future that go through everything. Yep. And maybe there's a you know Nostr Wallet Connect and yeah, Lightning yeah. address that's that's helping to coordinate um, a currency of the internet that flows through everyone. And by the way, to your earlier point, I wanted to make this point earlier. You know, you talk about how just how big software markets are, just the, how big the internet is, how yeah, yeah. commerce is, which by the way, makes me just so bullish on Bitcoin because if it's the currency of the internet, which I think it is, and we haven't even gotten started and yeah. it hasn't even begun to monetize the internet. Oh, by the way, we're about to increase the amount of stuff that gets distributed on the internet by, as you say, three to five orders of magnitude. It's probably more than that. Yep. seems like we're pretty early. Yep. So anyway, so all that's exciting. I'm also very excited because I think in the best case of this world where we're headed, you know, it's very much, it's the long tail thesis, the Kevin Kelly, yeah. thousand truth fans thing, but for everything, for software, for music. Oh, there it is. The man himself. One day we got to get this guy he, on the he show. He showed up. Yeah. Can we get him um, <laughs> a picture? Here? There he is. <laughs> the goat, but, but it's so exciting. And so one thing that I personally want, so yes, the software stuff is awesome and that's going to be amazing. Um, one thing that I've wanted and I expect to have a good version of this, this year, Certainly next year, like in 2024, yeah. 2025 at the absolute latest. Um, in fact, there's um, Rocky on Noster. You, you may have seen he's Bitcoin um, design lead at Cash App. He also was working on um, one of the music apps on there. The name is slipping me right now, but he's got a Stemster, new one. Stemster. Right? that's yeah. it. But he's got a new one out there called Riff. And I just saw he uh, has like a working, very early, but working MVP where you can basically say, I want X kind of music or song hmm. and so i was posting about something he's like hey i want like a j dilla style uh, beat and i want lyrics about stacking stats on there and right. it worked oh wow and he's got just a bunch of open source models running on there
0: and he, he's doing music generation just music generation okay. yeah, yeah
1: and so what i want is a version of what he's already gotten this is why i feel confident we'll get it this year because it's like pretty damn good already it needs some refining of course and the models this year a so better yeah, two weeks Sorry, in 2024. (laughs) And and I'm already thinking we're in the next year. So in 2024, but but in some ways, yeah, I mean, like I said, I could use what he's got today and it's not that far off. Um, And I want to basically be able to say for me, you know, even more than software, what I want is the ability to say, hey, I really want to get back into, into making music again this year. And I guess I do want software as well. First though, is I want, okay, I want you to generate for me AI assistant. Um, you know, 25 beats, here are the 20 beats that I like, mm-hmm. the artists I like, here are some of the themes I'm considering. Right. Oh, okay, here are the 10 that I kind of like, can you tweak those a little bit, kind of like you do with, you know, ChatGPT today to kind of yep. tweak answers. Then, I want to say, cool. Now I want you to create me custom software where you can play it. I can record it. Yeah. Awesome. I want you then to do custom software to do the mixing. Let me hear a couple of mixes, choose it, do the mastering. Let me choose a couple of masters yeah. done. Now I'll create custom software to do all of the distribution yeah. for me. I want to distribute it on Nostra, Spotify, blah, 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 whatever. Right. And I mean, that future seems pretty close. Definitely. At least the first one with the music, 2024, yeah. Yeah. everything, probably 2025. Right, right well
0: and when you talk about like distribution everywhere i think that's actually uh, a great a great use case that, that that's one that i want to talk about because it's both like one of the first apps i would want to use this lm thing for but also like kind of a request for services Yeah. In a sense. um because i i find myself increasingly kind of split on all of the places where i connect with people Right, so, you know, historically, you could have said, oh, I'm mostly just on Twitter for that, but but now I'm, like, doing a lot on Noster and doing a lot on Stacker News, yeah, and, and I've also been kind of playing around with threads, and, like, it's, it's not necessarily, like, ideologically the kind of thing that's super attractive, but there's enough people who are there that I don't want to miss the ability to engage with them.
1: Are right? there people, so, j- just quick side question, are there people there that you can't engage with on Twitter, though?
0: Well, there are people, it's not, it's not always about like, are the people there? But it's like, I think Twitter doesn't show my stuff to all the people I'm connected to. Got it. Okay. So I get a more vibrant kind of, I think my stuff is more visible to the people I would want to connect with on threads. Interesting. And it's like, they might follow me on Twitter, but I think Twitter, maybe I talked about Noster too much. and <laughs>
1: <the algorithm laughs> You've been shadow banned, DK. Yeah. But I,
0: I, I kind of, you know, feel, feel like that sort of happens where it's like it's you know it's there's like maybe handfuls of people that i actually regularly engage with on twitter but i think on threads it's much much more raw but there's a lot of people who will chime in Hmm. um and and so the point is not so much can the person be accessed via that network and then you know linkedin is another one and so which like Good actually, old LinkedIn. <laughs> I know I, I used to I used to hate LinkedIn so much um cuz just if it, it just feels so like I feel like I'm in like a corporate corporate and, and and But it, people are there. But there's a lot of people there and a lot of people go there to learn about, you know, new things that they might want to spend their time on, which is kind of Yeah. relevant to some of the founders you should know stuff. So um so you know, when I have an idea, something I'm excited about, a piece I've written to share, I now am like, okay, you know, open up this thing and open up that. And I've got like, kind of like definitely more than half a dozen places that I yeah. need to go with it. If I want to reach all of the people that I'm connected to in different ways. And so I, I don't think it's a great, like, you know, tier one startup product, but I do think it'd be great to have just like a Chrome extension, yeah, they just post everything. They just post to everywhere, and again, flip it on or off, or whatever. But I think an important feature of this is it could also post to Nostr. Yeah, of course. And even if you're, even if you haven't yet begun to care about posting Nostr, it could do it just like on hey, your behalf. On your behalf. Here, your stuff's out there. It's, it's floating free. around. Maybe it finds an audience there, and then you get more excited about it. And by the way, maybe um, you get zapped there. Yeah, maybe you get zapped there. And then you start to be like, "Oh, well, what's this thing?" <laughs> but, but instead of having to like wholesale cut over and be like, "I'm abandoning the old world and I'm only living in this new world," you can kind of like more kind of you know it's a gentler glide path to this new world.
1: Has anyone built that yet?
0: I haven't seen anything like. Is it, it. even possible? Well, I, I think it would be hard to do as like a server side thing because it probably get shut down. Exactly, and that. I know that. Um, well I don't know how much of the thread stuff is like actually you know how they're integrating with um, Mastodon and yeah. I, I think Alex Gleason has you know been one of the big bridge developers and proponents of that and I I feel like I've seen him say some things that sound a little disappointed in how it works but I, I don't think I can accurately represent how it works but I, I don't think it's like a first tier priority that threads wants to enable such things right. And I think it is a first-tier priority that things like Twitter want to disable such things. Exactly, yeah. But Twitter does want to enable users to use apps, to use the Twitter app. And so I think a simple solution is a Chrome extension that acts on my behalf. It's just like automating clicks that I would otherwise do. It's not a server-side name. It's not a service. But it's just a a, a Chrome extension that can, you know, I'm logged into Twitter, I'm logged into Nostra, you know, I'm logged into, you know whatever, whatever LinkedIn, whatever. And it, 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 it can't really be shut down. Right. And it can push all my stuff to all the places I w- want it to be. Kind of like a modern buffer. No. Yeah. I, I I've never used that. I, I <clears throat> my understanding is buffer is kind of around timing posts. It was around timing. Post?
1: I actually, I don't, I never use it either, but I, I thought maybe you could do it across platform, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know the specifics.
0: Um, but I, I waste a lot of time with this stuff. And also, like, I've been posting on Substack.
1: It's a pain in the ass. Well, and honestly, and we've talked about this since the very beginning as well, in addition to the one-to-many distribution, for me, I noticed today, like, man, I am so sick of having a dozen, half a dozen at least messaging apps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a founder was messaging me on telegram and I just missed right. it for three days. Cause I don't fucking check out telegram. Yeah, yeah. I tell them, can you please message me on signal? Then I've got guys in Latin America that only use WhatsApp. Then you know, right. email for everyone else SMS. It's just like, good Lord. At what point can I just be like, I want one control panel yeah. with all my stuff. You know? And whenever people, people have
0: tried like, do you know, texts.com? I think tried to, I haven't tried, that. tried to unify it. But I, I mean, it's. I think they're always hacky and kludgy, like yeah, exactly kind of because there's not room. an open API. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know there's there's a bunch of interests around you know in, in kind of keeping those closed. Um, so I think I think messaging should trend to open, but only only by user choice. I would prefer not by like regulatory fiat, just because I think that stuff gets kind of gnarly that when that. <laughs> when you start appealing to people. You're like, we'll make that
1: open, but well, and again, coming back to the Nostra as a messaging layer. You yeah. know what I really hope it becomes not just messaging layer for Bitcoin I mean that's great and that's you know Bob's first use case but yeah. just a messaging layer period yeah, yeah just a common identity standard period yeah, yeah.
0: I, I would love that and I, I'd love to be able to kind of u- configure I mean the, the beautiful thing about Nostra is the openness so if I could just configure here's all the stuff I want here's whatever there's the messages I want to receive the the, the stuff I want to read but if I could just have it Pulled in or pushed in from everywhere that I might have access to or want to, and make that like my hub. Totally, that that would meaningfully change my relationship with the internet.
1: Same, it would like save a lot of people a lot of time.
0: Yeah, and I think it it has the opportunity to kind of, you know, it's a little Trojan horse, Nostr like, hey, <laughs> all this stuff is really easy because Nostr makes it easy, right? So it kind of, yeah, it, in a sense, like if Nostr is the right architecture and, and kind of, you know, protocol tool for the job, then it should be obvious to everybody. But we haven't seen enough, I'd say experimentation with, like, I think, well, I guess this comes to that other point, but like, we've, we have so much kind of, I guess, I don't know if I want to say like, so much of the um, defensive, you know, antibodies, maybe like you know in bitcoin there's a lot of this kind of like antibody antibody toxicity which helps in certain ways you know defend against the kind of uh, <laughs> the scams the scams right yeah. and i think in noster i think a lot of people have adopted a similar like it's noster or die and it's noster and everything else must die and i actually think i think in the long run if it's the right protocol and the right tool it'll get on it'll just kind of happen everything else will fade in relevance or importance by comparison, but I don't think you
1: can necessarily transition it
0: so so quickly. I agree.
1: Right? And actually, I tend to agree. I think Jack was talking about this at the conference as well, and I tend to agree with him that, like, uh, you know, I think maybe we all got really excited in that first big run up of Nostr last mm-hmm. December. In fact, it's been exactly about a year when you know Jack tweeted about it, and you started getting you know the first.
0: What was the price of Nostr at that point? The price,
1: <laughs> I believe, it was 60 big million satoshis. Yeah. <laughs> four hundred sixty nine to four hundred twenty sats is what i recall (laughs) um yeah there is apparently some noster tokens somewhere. (laughs) these god these fuckers man and by the way can i just say like you know and okay so i'll I'll get to that in a minute but first thing i was gonna say i'll I'll complete this thought with noster. is um we all got really excited you know we got a couple hundred thousand people coming in testing it a lot of them churned out we're probably you know, 20,000 ish weekly actives that are posting stuff. Yeah. Let's call it probably a hundred thousand that are reading somewhere in that, in that frame. And I think that's fine. Like I actually would rather we take our time. I don't know yeah. what the next big pop is going to be. I think it's still going to be probably a marketplace. There's a lot of ideas, this music app that's coming out.
0: Mm-hmm. Fountain
1: is integrating it. Wave Lake is integrating it. Like let's see what the next year of experimentation brings. Ellen bits now is their marketplace software. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but like I think it's cool that we go slowly. We don't need to do this overnight. Yep. If it's the best technology, it'll win. Yep. Or Well, I guess that's not always the case, but if it solves a real problem for a lot of people, I think we're in a good position. I yep. think the architecture of Nostr is superior to something like Mastodon. It's certainly superior to a centralized um, service if you want to have an identity and messaging layer for the internet. I also think that it will probably realistically go up or down with Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin pops, like I think a lot of us believe, coming into the having, that's probably a good thing for Nostr. So... Mm-hmm. My kind of approach on Nostra is just patience, let, you know, a thousand experiments go. Right. Let's see what, let's see what works. And if we solve problems, great. In the meantime, I was just going to make this comment that in my own life, you know, I obviously invest a lot in, in Nostra, but also in scaling Bitcoin, network stuff. Yeah. my God, it has made it just orders of magnitude more difficult to build bridges between here. And like I've been trying to build bridges with the open source AI world and like, I, I get why the Bitcoiners are toxic. I have always tried to take a welcoming approach, but it gets yeah. so old when like, whenever I talk to these open source, I people and stuff, it's like, hey man, like, you know, we can help you with payments. Like web three, we're not interested. It's like, right. me neither. Yeah. Like I am not interested in the crypto scams. Right. So I, I get why after so long, you just get so frustrated trying to explain to people. Um, and I have a new a new kind of piece. I'm like rolling around in my head, explaining why Bitcoin is energy back to money and why mm-hmm. that's necessary for all the yak movement and all that stuff. Right. But it's just so. It, I get why people just get frustrated getting lumped in with crypto. It just it's really annoying when you're raising or when you're trying to convince mm-hmm. other projects to look at what you're doing. It does get old. So yeah. I, I get that. But you know, at the end of the day, I have firm conviction that Bitcoin is energy-backed money. Doesn't care what any of us think. So that's all good. Yep. And I think similarly with Nostra, like if we solve problems and create the open data layer for the internet. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll do just great. Yeah. If not, then we'll adopt somebody else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. How are the other? Um... Other things, kind of like Mastodon, you mentioned, I haven't followed it closely, but are Mastodon people getting more excited about these new approaches to
1: no idea. I mean, okay. I see a couple posts from Alex Gleason as well. I think he's the kind of bridge guy. Yeah. I just am skeptical on the architecture point. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a sort of king of each server, that yeah. to me is like a non
0: right? And, and what about Blue Sky? Have you followed anything more happening there? Or? Not really. I okay. think they may
1: have more users than Austin right now, but similarly, I think they have similar kind of architectural issues that mm-hmm. it's not as meaning open.
0: similar to the way Masson, Masson. Okay. Yeah,
1: I don't know, I don't know enough to speak intelligently there, mm-hmm. but um. My understanding is the only thing that truly you can just plug and play your NPUB and yeah, open yeah. up to any app is Noster right now. Right, right. Cool. So and again, like if it's not Nostr and something else has a similar architecture, great. But I, I think the beauty of Nostra that's gonna make it very difficult for anything to kind of surpass Noster is its simplicity. Right. It's just Yeah, I think the simplicity is really important. Public private key identity and like a JSON blob with six or seven fields. Right. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the simplicity is kind of the magic, uh, to me anyway. And, and and I also think, like, I think there's a lot of, I mean, the music apps, and there's, there's so many different directions it can go, but I think having kind of very, like, you know, I think the water cooler, you know, daily hub water cooler use case is important. People call it the social media. Oh, no, there's more than just social media, which I, like, totally agree with and get behind that idea. But I also think, like, unless it unless it can uniquely solve some kind of daily media information problems, I think it's hard, like discussion, let's say, discussion information media problems. I think it's hard to get enough daily energy from everybody in order to like create the space for all the rest of the stuff to flourish. So I don't think it's like, oh, like let's just build Twitter clones and then everything wins. Like I agree. But, but it's also not like ignore that case because that's already solved and go do other stuff. I think it's a little bit like, the daily, like, where do we find information? How do we just discover information? Is still important, <clears throat> and I don't think you get there just by having Noster clients that you know are great. I, I, I love Nostr clients. I use, I use, you know, Primal every day, and and I um, and I, I love what Damas has built. I think those are you know just both phenomenal projects. Um, but I think they are like noster specific information instead
1: of the internet information that I would like to see totally. And, and I think that honestly just comes as a result of time yeah. and more experiments, building like the beauty in the way I've always seen Noster is the super network effects. Like, yeah, maybe we only have whatever it is, a hundred thousand ish people that are really, you know, into Noster today. And that's totally fine because yeah. whatever the next big thing is, maybe it's, you know, with Ellen Bit's Marketplace software, maybe it's yeah. what OpenBazaar tried to build 10 years ago, which is truly open censorship to markets. Like, hmm, I wonder where that could be used. Yeah. Like, th- there's so many different routes this could pop next, but each of them builds on top of the other, right? The 100,000 users that are on Twitter, the Twitter clones, yeah. can now access the marketplaces. And the new marketplaces can now access the Twitter clones. And whatever, each one starts building and then all of a sudden you start spinning up. Um, two things I want to talk about that. The first is... If I'm just being super realistic. So I, I think that the way Nostra is going to pop, there will be new use cases that thrive. It's hard to th- know what those are. Probably some kind of marketplace. Some of the music stuff is interesting. Uh, I think something going after Reddit is probably more interesting than mm-hmm. Twitter right now. And I think we'll we'll get to that one in a minute. on yeah. Stacker news. Yeah. But the other thing that I have to say is like, if we're just being like super rational about how this is going to play out. If you're bullish on Bitcoin, <laughs> which I think we are, uh, going to the halving, I think there's also just, like, a really compelling case that, like, Zaps are going to be a killer app in the next year. And you're going to have people like this Ainsley Costello girl. And Mm -hmm. she's not a Nostra person or a Bitcoin person, you know, but she all of a sudden she's making music. You know, she gets paid out a total of, like, 24 cents or something from Spotify in a year. All of a sudden now she's making a couple thousand dollars in Sats, which I think is real. You know, let's just say she, you know, normal country music artist makes you know, whatever, $1,000 versus a couple of cents. So if you yeah. order of magnitude more, amazing. Now let's say Bitcoin 10X is the next year, which like honestly seems pretty realistic to me for many, many reasons we can talk about. All of a sudden, her friends are sitting around looking like, what the hell? Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know. I got on this Nasser thing. Like, and yeah. real, realistically, that's what Satoshi programmed down with the four-year halvings. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Like I'm, I'm a very much left side of the curve caveman, <laughs> like halving Bitcoin goes up. And I think that's going to bring a lot of people with it. Yeah, realistically. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's right. I mean, in a, in a way, I we we've talked about this before. Like, can you create a bit of a success story? And I think everything is driven by like a few outlier success stories that yeah. kind of pull people in to say, "Oh, maybe I could do that too. Maybe I could be the next one." Right. Totally. And you see, you always see that in media creation, and whether it's you know whether it was early Twitter pulling people in to build audiences, or you know the kinds of the kinds of trends that happened on early YouTube, you know, similar, you know, I think in more recent years, we've seen it on like Clubhouse and Substack and other tools, but like the early adopters of such things end up, you know, seeing a lot more audience growth. And oftentimes the audience growth translates to money growth and opportunities, whether it's direct, direct opportunities on the platform or outside.
1: Um, but, but, but to be clear, yes, agree with all that, but this is even more direct, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because now we have peer to peer zaps, right? And so imagine you're 19 or 20 years old, you make $2,000. Like that's already cool. Oh my God. At 10 X, I have $20,000 and I show my friends like that. Of course people are going to come. And you just need like one of them. You just need like one. a story. And we already have one. Yeah. And like, I mean, right. she's already done like whatever, I think the two grand threshold. Right. That 10X is all of a sudden, everyone's looking at her like, what the fuck? And right. all of a sudden, people are downloading Primal and Davis. Yeah. And so, anyway, so I, I think that's just kind of inevitable. And I think that's just some of Satoshi's genius. But I think in it, we can't just rely on that. We also have to experiment with other use cases. This kind of transitions a bit to what I want to talk about, yeah. which is uh, Reddit and stack. Yeah. yeah. So I had a long conversation with uh, with Bob in Tokyo yeah. around, you know, he was kind of also in the position where Twitter is interesting, but like the network effects on Twitter are very smart. You know, the hundred or so smartest minds in the world are all on Twitter. They're not leaving for Nostra at the exception of maybe like Jack or one or two others tomorrow, which is fine. Uh, but Reddit is a lot more um, weak right now. Like mm-hmm. they don't have nearly as strong of a network effect. And Reddit, uh, you know, I wrote this piece a couple years ago on how to serve Google. We've talked about this around value signal. And the thesis was basically... All smart people are basically Googling whatever they want to Google plus Reddit. Reddit should be a huge search engine. It's not being monetized correctly or or being cared for correctly. Since then, Reddit's gone through all kinds of crap. For a while, they just like shut down various forums where mods are like, wait, what? Like, this is my forum. (laughs) Turns out it's not my forum. I'm a sharecropper at best. Um, They don't get paid. They introduce some crap token, another scam, Mm -hmm. which is why the Bitcoiners are so whatever, toxic. Um, Then they rug them. And so Reddit is, like, weaker than it ever has been, in my opinion. Yep. And so, you know, I think, um, and also the network effects that you need to start a specific sub are very small, right? If you have some hyper-specific yep. niche, you don't need the whole world. You can literally have, like, five really smart people spin up a community there, and then all of a sudden, if they're really smart and they're really into it, um, you know, then that's becomes one of the highest quality information sources on the web. Yeah. Now, there are some Nostra native clients that are playing there that I like. I mentioned Satellite.Earth. I'm a big fan of stewards, mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool what he's doing. He's also kind of looking at it from a Discord angle, which is interesting, so like private communities mm-hmm. as well. Um, but man, let's talk about Stacker News. Yeah. I am so bullish on Stacker News. <laughs> oh my God. Anyone that hasn't gone, Stacker.News. Like, yeah. you know, DK and I have both been big fans and involved with the project for years now. Yeah. Holy shit, Stacker News just went to a different level. Yeah. What what is what is happening on
0: Stacker News? Like we we talk a lot about Noster here, mm-hmm. but Stacker News is not Noster and you know, they've dabbled with it and it's probably relevant, but can you help bridge yeah. a little bit about like
1: well, to be clear, it is very relevant because they already have the ability when you're creating a new post, I believe. I don't know if it's every new post or only certain posts, but you can cross-post that onto Noster right. Relays today. And you can also often and log in with Noster. So it's already very Noster interoperable. It's yep. not a fully-blown Noster client, if you want to call it that, although at some point it kind of is because you can auth with Noster and post a right. So, but, but anyways, the point is they continue to drive more and more towards Nostra. I think they probably will be the first Nostra client that goes super mainstream is my bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could argue Domus and Primal already kind of are, but that goes, let's say, to like 100 million users. Um, okay, so what is Stacker News? Stacker News is like Reddit, but you get paid in Sats. That's it. Very mm-hmm. simple concept. But there's a lot going on underneath the hood. Yeah. So over the last two years, first of all, Kian is one of the best builders. I think either of us have ever seen the yeah. guy's incredible taste. It's rare, rare to have someone who's both like an application developer. So they have good taste and it looks nice and it's easy to use. And also like a big brain protocol developer, Kian's both. Yeah. And so that's a really unique position for him to be in. And,
0: and I think he, you know, he also is savvy about not just diving all the way in. No, no. He's skeptical something. as hell. He's like very skeptical in like a very healthy way. Totally. Yeah, like he's not going to like just go chase like the h- hot new thing. He's going to be like, huh, hot new thing. Okay, let's tinker with it. Let's experiment. We're not going to disrupt the product with it. We're going to experiment.
1: Totally. And, you know, we we tried to convince him to go all in on <laughs> like a year ago. And like, t- to be fair, his response was very much like, seems very interesting. Yep. Has some issues. Yep. You know, he tinkered with the idea of building his own client, yep. which was going to be out or out space. Maybe he'll still launch that someday realized that was not the path And a relay, to. right? He built his own relay. Yeah, Booger Relay, which is interesting because it's nostril. <laughs> um, so he's got a sense of humor too. Yeah. And um, decided that wasn't the right time to go all in on that. Instead, decided to kind of work the existing Stacker News community in a backwards compatible way into Nostr, which is what we were just describing. Yep. So anyway, so the, the core to Stacker News though is um, you, know, you post content. If it's good content, you get paid for your crea- either your creation if it's original or curation if it's something you found on the web. Yeah. Um, now that's interesting for many reasons. One, getting paid obviously is interesting, but two, it's not just getting paid. It's also a value signal. And this is the thing that I've been most sort of interested in for years now, which is now that we have a brand new primitive in human history, we can attach information and value. That's huge. Huge. In fact, that is, in my opinion, what's going to be the basis of the next page rank, like page rank, as you've described many times on the show, you know creates trust by linking back to Stanford and then kind of like having that trust billow out or like kind of tree out. Well, now you can do similar things, but you can have various identities, which are also in pubs and Noster, um, on the stacker new site that can also create a graph of who's apt to, who. and yeah. that's extremely interesting to surface what information is valuable So if you are someone, and by the way, everyone can have their own unique view of the network, which is also fascinating. And that already exists within stacker news today, where it's not just like one centralized server. It's everyone's individual view of the network is different. So I, you know, have upvoted or zapped a lot of things that you or, you know, Steve or other people have posted. So you guys are like higher in my trust graph ratings. Amazing. That means what my view of the network is going to surface information that you zap or people that you've zapped, like probably second or third degree connections higher than maybe someone that's more focused on Whatever other topic on there, anyway. So, Stacker News has slowly over the last two years become, in my opinion, by far the number one source of content about Bitcoin, Noster, and Lightning information on the web. Yep, I use it every day for that. Agree, I have been using it for months. It's just the best. And they were already doing some cool experiments where they were, you know, running like one promoted thing a day. So you've got like, you know, hundred thousand plus sats and donations and there's a jobs support, so they have a little bit of money. They have to take some fees that gets distributed back out to the users. And it's interesting because it's right now it's on like a, a lottery base, which I don't like as much, yeah. but I think we'll get rid of eventually where, you know, if you vote upvoted an article early and it gets a lot of other upvotes or, you know, Satoshis, then you get a higher proportion of that day re- today's rewards. Or yeah. if you post a piece of content that's very popular and you know, whatever, you get a higher proportion of the pooled rewards. All kinds of extremely interesting experiments he's running about how do you assemble an economy online. Yep. Last week, Kian dropped something that, like, I think changed the world. I truly believe it killed Reddit. And I'm not saying that, like, I just say some things that are hyperbolic. Like, (laughs) I really believe this killed Reddit.
0: Like, Will.
1: It will, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) The the seed has been planted. How about that? And that is user-owned subs, which he calls territories. Mm Mm-hmm. And everything of course because it's based in Texas is very
0: uh like there's cowboy hats and you know, it's a wild yeah. west and... By the way, do you know how to get a cowboy hat? You don't of have course. To... Okay, okay. You don't have to reveal the secret. Oh damn. I I uh... <laughs> well, the cowboy hat secret, but I think I figured it out. I'm not gonna tell either. But um but you know. I you're definitely know. Okay. Oh
1: yeah, 100%. And <laughs> anyone, if you get on the site, go to stacker.news, play with it, don't take our word for it, don't trust Verify. It's just awesome. I can guarantee if you're at all interested in Bitcoin Lightning or Nostra, you're going to love it. And maybe even if you're interested in other things, you will soon love it. Um, but make so sure are, oh, go ahead. Make sure you get that, that cowboy hat. And if yeah. you don't know how to get it, well, my only advice is use the site.
0: Yeah. And the site, an uh, integral part of using the site is can post things you can comment on things you can, you can tip things tip things and kind of it's kind of it calls it zaps too right yeah it's like i think was did he invent that term or that term was invented in noster and co-op adopted i actually invention? don't remember where it okay. originated but it's the same sense same of thing. same sense but just uh yeah just kind of in that in the forum kind of posting uh ranking Uh, style. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I, I've been, I think one of the things that's really changed my relationship with stacker news is getting the PWA.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So the, so if you've not played with PWAs, the progressive web apps, basically it's a, a web app that it's, it feels like an app, but it's really just a website that has some special OS support to do things like, you know, I think it can keep like a local cache of some stuff that you've, you know, viewed before. Um, and it's got access to cameras, which Stacker News doesn't use, but but Mutiny does, right? <laughs> um, you can actually use the camera from the I web app. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, cool. I've got because you sent me. I sent you some Mutiny thing back at one of the DZ sessions. Was that me
1: or maybe Steve? It that was, was me.
0: That's hundred percent you. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't know, you remember? You're like spreading, and, uh, spreading the word. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, I think you you were like demoing to me somebody like. You were showing it off in front of somebody else. Could be, and yeah. you sent me a link or a gift or something via Mutiny, and then it was just like in my browser. I didn't have the thing installed, and then I have like access to this like magic internet money. There we go. Um, but I think the I think there's so much uh, around Stacker News that changes once you have like a PWA, and it feels like it's an app on your home screen. I have it on my main home screen. I just tap it all the time. I'm reading stuff there, and I think the thing I like about being able to read stuff there is, like you said, the value for value. Just to, to make it very to make it very explicit, I think one of the problems that Stacker News is solving, which I don't think is large, you know, it's not very loudly talked about yet, but I think in the future, um, and, and, and a lot of this is due to LLMs, but I think in the future you would have to be crazy to spend any of your attention on information on a public internet that is not tied to some digital scarcity. I would say
1: you already would have to be crazy. Well, I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But like we, we still do it because that's the way the platforms mostly work. Right. Like if you ever
1: open up, Twitter, I'm mostly on stacker news at this point,
0: <laughs> but I mean like I, I still, there's a lot of people who publish things on Twitter that I want to read. So I still open Twitter a lot. Right. And you know, probably half the stuff would not make it past the filter. If it required digital scarcity to post totally. Um,
1: but, and I think that's an important point is that when you post something, you have to pay, it's a very tiny amount, like yeah. 10 Satoshis or something. And we'll get to territories in a minute, but like, even if a call that's less than a penny, that still kills spam automatically.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and again, that trust rank thing gives you more signal. So not only is it like we've had a relationship zapping each other on other stuff over the years, but now there's, there's actually a new account that was created and it's willing to zap 10 sats or a hundred sats or a thousand sets. But it was just created yesterday. And so, like, it doesn't, it's not in that web of trust yep. that we're already involved in, right? Totally. So you be more skeptical and maybe downrank it. And there's, so I just think there's so much signal. And as, as, yeah, I think we're going to get, you know, orders magnitude more content on the public internet, orders magnitude more spam, it's going to become untenable where, like, you know, if the platforms exist, and I think they do and will, I can't imagine consuming any content that's not coupled with, some sort of trust. And I think that trust mostly has to get established via like digital scarcity.
1: I agree uh, 100%. And and this, this has been the reason. And one of the things I'm still most excited about is what is the future of search and you yeah. know discovery going to look like? But like the way I look at it is, you know, in the the future of the web, you're not going to have these 8 trillion or sorry, 8 billion humans. You're gonna have 8 trillion machines yeah. and all kinds of like LLM produced crap. Some of it's great. Some of it's crap, but you know, stacker news already is showing the power of having this value signal in a small community. But now imagine because it's already Nostr compatible, when the identity reputation that you take on stacker news transfers to when you're using primal yep. and that transfers to when you're using Ellen bits marketplace yep. and that transfers to when you're using fountain or wavelength to listening to your music or listen to your pie. You can start to see very quickly how those that can you know lean into Nostr, yeah. And by the way, I'm sure we'll talk about Arter in a minute as well. One of the other things that came up in Tokyo is the need for, and I think he's the only provider now, maybe Kian should do this as well, but to use basically an API that's like trust as a service. Oh, that Arter is providing that trust as a th- service? Now? I think he is, but that was like a very common, like for example, you know, uh, Oscar at Fountain, yeah. which is a podcasting app. He would like to be able to do promotions where it's like, hey, I'll give whatever thousand stats if you listen to your first show on on Fountain. But I want to make sure you're not... a um, a bot. Yeah. You're not just spinning up accounts and
0: sucking off the totally. thousands of.
1: Or I out. want to make sure that you're like at least, you know, somewhat engaged with Nosser. So maybe it's it's a low threshold, but I want to have some threshold that you've like been around for X amount of time or right, like right. enough people have vouched for you. And so all of a sudden now he could pay Artur or Kian or someone for that data and just yep. be like, hey, for any in-, in pub that wants to sign up, give yep. me a thumbs up or thumbs down. I should be careful with that. <laughs> 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 a thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> on uh on whether I should give them a thousand sats or not. Yep. So I think that kind of identity as a service thing is going to be very valuable.
0: Right. I know um, Artur had done a lot with that a while mm-hmm. back and more recently, and we can talk about this, but he's been working on Spring mm-hmm. mostly. So is is the trust network that he's built, I think it's already available as an API, but is that the kind of stuff that Fountain's using? Or
1: You know, I tried to, I don't know if they ended up working together or not. I okay. think Snort and Kieran were using okay. Artur's stuff, yeah. I think. Um, and I know that was kind of like a less priority less of a priority for him since he started working on the browser Mm -hmm. um so i don't know where all that stands if he's going to continue to prioritize that or if other people will but like it's a valuable service yeah and it will continue to become a more valuable service as other new apps basically want to access this graph the 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 web of trust And,
0: and is the web of trust i mean i know i know archer's worked a lot on it and, you know, he he generally builds great stuff. Uh, I think the web of trust in Stacker News is a non Nostr web of trust, right? But
1: it, it could be compatible, right? right? So my understanding is, yes, it started off non Nostr, but as increasingly either people are offing with NOSTER in-pubs, or I don't know if he's... Kia may have converted every Stacker News account to an in pub. I'm not sure. Okay, But in theory, um, if he hasn't already done that, he will. Yeah. And in theory, that could just be exported anywhere.
0: Right. So I... I've spent enough time with Kian to kind of know why I'm comfortable with it, but I think a lot of people will look at Stacker news and say this is another centralized service this guy's gonna rug pull us as mm-hmm. soon as he gets you know some takeoff so how how should somebody who doesn't have as much experience working with Kian or like can you help help share why? Uh, why stacker news is not a rug pull on Nostra, but it's actually yeah. a, you know, a good con, a good contributor.
1: Well, first, before we even get to that question, yeah. I-, I wanted to mention why you should even come to stacker news in the first place. And we've hinted at this, but I want to make it explicit. So last week Ken launched territories Right. Yeah. and territories are user owned subs. Now, this is incredible because it takes some of the best parts about Reddit, which is again, what the beauty of the internet is, the long tail of all kinds of bizarre and random and weird stuff that people are interested in, and it lets people that are interested in those things be admins with two differences. One, in theory, you can own that territory, although mm-hmm. that gets to your question today, it's still centralized, but in theory, over time, you actually do own that. And two, you get paid for the work that you do, and you can set your own economic policies. So. One, I think he has two different pricing options. You can either pay like uh, or three a yearly sash, hundred thousand sats as a service fee. Uh, uh, that's a sorry, a monthly fee, a yearly fee, or you can buy it outright for like three million sats. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, you can also, once you become an admin, you can set your own economic policies, which is fascinating. So, you know, in the past, the site was only focused around Bitcoin, Lighting, and Nostr, and some tech uh, and Meta stuff around the site. Now, I think he and Kevin, with whom he works, had a bet that in the first week they would get 12 subs. And I think in the first three days, they got like 50. Now mm-hmm. we're up to like, or they got 40. Now we're up to 50 or 60 or something like that. I have to go check. I know I personally manage three subs right now. I know mm-hmm. you have at least one, yeah. which I use. You yeah. have videos.
0: You've got San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you open source? Open source. And what's up? Hip-hop. He- Oh, hip hop. Okay. By far my most active one.
1: Is it? Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like addicted. Is it like Spotify
0: links or YouTube links?
1: YouTube links. That's where I start. Like I'm just basically sharing a ton of videos that I like. Uh Uh, Um, and then I'm starting and we're starting to get kind of discussions on there too. Like some dude, I don't know even who it was asked their favorite Kanye album last night. I'm not a big Kanye guy. So I kind (laughs) of said, you know, I like, I like his beats and <laughs> the first one, because of the features, I like it because most defs on there. <laughs> um, but, but, but it's cool. But like, you know, more people are starting to have these discussions and I'm just posting tons of videos I like, and it's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, I use that one. Culture is fantastic. All kinds of weird stuff on there. History is really fascinating. Your video one is fascinating. Podcast is a great one. Yeah. I saw your recommendation for this right. new AI one that I liked yeah. a lot. Did you listen to it? 70% through okay. there, 60% yeah. through. It's quite good. Yeah. We should talk about that too. But anyways, the point is all the things I love about Reddit slowly are coming over here. But now the people that actually work the soil yep. are getting yep. paid, which yep. is great. There's value rank and trust signal, which means I can better figure out what's good information and what's not. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just, I just love it, man. I've, I've been a Reddit fan all my life. It seems like. And, um, been very sad to see the way Reddit has gone. And I think Stacker News has a chance to take the beauty of Reddit, reopen it, re-monetize it, and potentially create a new information discovery engine on top of it. So I'm just, I'm incredibly bullish on all that. Additionally, I think that, you know, I made a tweet the other day, and I actually really believe this. I think this has the potential to be way bigger than anyone realizes. Mm -hmm. You know, the search engine stuff is really big on top of it. Like, even if it's just Reddit, I mean, Reddit, whatever, I forgot their last private valuation was a $10 billion company or something. If you've marked down halfway, multi-billion dollar company, they haven't really monetized it very well. Ads are not the right thing there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Stacker News already has some interesting stuff. One, you know, subs alone, people are paying a lot of money for subs yeah. already. That's interesting. They have the jobs board. There are the promoted, you know, tweets There's, there's or um, posts. There's a lot of different ways that could go. But where I think things get crazy. So you've got that as phase one. Then you've got the search and discovery. There's probably some really interesting business models around that. Where I think things start to get crazy is, you know, I, I love, have historically loved a lot of the ideas that Bology puts out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish he wasn't so shit coiny. <laughs> um, but say Levy, like I with a lot of guys like him, I just like take the good ideas, yeah. strap out all the unnecessary token crap, yeah. and just be like, okay, the network state. A fantastic idea. You don't need a token, like all that silly. But What if this is what he's getting at? You know, I'm starting to form communities with new people Mm -hmm. that I don't know online around shared and common interest. And we're establishing today. It's me as a dictator of my own, but maybe in the future, there'll be more, you know, um, multipolar governance schemes that are come up with where Mm -hmm. we're collectively governing this new online nation state. Yep or whatever you want to call it. And Hey, by the way, we can now crowdfund resources. Hmm. What are we could do with that? Maybe like, Oh, I don't know. Buy some land somewhere. Right. <laughs> and I can just, and we already
0: have territories.
1: We already have territories. Why not bring that from the digital into the fiscal? So I, if you squint, you can kind of start to see like, wait a second, maybe this yeah. is the new form of like opt in governance and collective resource gathering where we can build our own governments and communities. Yep. Seems really promising. I think
0: it's a really attractive idea because you know, anytime institutions have been around for a long time, they also get captured and sort of ossified by the players. And you've you've seen this. You've followed any of the Harvard stuff. That
1: <laughs> I, honestly, at this point, I just yeah, all the you, you look at crap. These,
0: these things that are like you know, his, you know, these things have been around for hundreds of years, and they're like kind of rotten inside all it's, the way it's hard to think of any that are not yeah. and i and i'm i'm not trying to be pessimistic i don't know. maybe that's <laughs> i generally am like hey like let's build better new things i i don't think you can adapt the old systems well but i think the concepts of network states or of territories and can you can you assemble people digitally and then take that into kind of collective action to the physical world i think it's a great path so i think Balaji's insight on do it first digitally and then use that to go um, into the physical is is I I think it's the right path. Yeah. Um, and, you know, every new generation wants to have their own thing. They want to have their own place or space or they want to, like, build their own thing. And we, we kind of settle with cities the way they are because, you know, there's a lot of momentum and network effects. And what and, else are you going to do? Yeah. But um, But, I mean, there's a lot of land. I mean, even just the U.S., which is only a small part of the world has tons and tons of land available. So if people can assemble and build those, you know, kind of co- build the collective action online, you can actually find land to, Super to cheap. build, you know, to build whatever kind of community you want.
1: I mean, I've often thought, you know, I, I lived in Mexico for a long time I mean, you were just talking in the U S yes, there's a lot of land there, but a lot of my best friends, by the way, who are between both countries, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I, yep. I have way more common, with my best friends in Mexico than I do with like 99% of people in America. Even. Right. Yep. Um, Wouldn't it be super cool if we could all just say, hey, you know what? Like, we found some incredible land in Veracruz, which is real. My buddies actually already bought some this summer. Nice. They actually had to go through this whole process. It's like a complicated thing where they had to buy it from. It's like collectively owned land. And, Mm. anyways, it's absolutely beautiful. It's cheap as dirt if you're lucky enough to have dollars or or Mm. sats. It's gorgeous. We have access to fresh water. Wow. What if 50 of us got together, crowdfunded enough to buy the land? you know, build the sewage system in or like whatever we need there. Yeah. Um, build our first set of houses, build the hot tubs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got to have hot tubs <laughs> and Oh, by the way, it's all transparent. The way the money is flowing. Yeah. Nothing's being siphoned off corruption wise. Yep. Like yep. It seems pretty compelling to me. I, I would be, very, I mean, I don't know if I would go all in and move there just yet, but like I would contribute to it. Yeah. And maybe every time I
0: would. And, and, and that seems to me like the future, the, the model, you know, it's a, it's a weird niche, high end, <laughs> <laughs> type, of, I mean, you know, it's a high-end experience, day, but yeah. that's actually, that's how everything starts, right? So totally. everything starts is, I mean, new ideas are kind of expensive and you have to be not so price sensitive at the beginning. And then you get to sort of like figure out what works, optimize it, make it available to a Everyone. lot more people.
1: Everybody can, can kind of use these services over time. And by the way, um, it's certainly high-end in that the people that have access to, you know, Stacker News and Bitcoin for the most part are yeah, probably yeah. higher. But like these guys bought like a lot of land, with incredible freshwater resources for like ten grand or less, wow. it's not that high end. Yeah, for yeah. like a couple months of rent in SF, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could own, own like ten acres in Veracruz. Is like right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to happen, and I think Stacker News is by far the best infrastructure I've seen for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think I, I, um, I can see a path where, and I, I guess I was going to comment a little bit on. I think Kian has oh, the Noster stuff. Yeah. The, yeah in sort of my experience working with him he has the right kind of skepticism about the hot new thing the shiny new object but also curiosity and interest and like to dabble with it and i think he's in a sense just you know like any kind of Bitcoiner principled type of person that he's not like oh i'm gonna take stacker news and build my evil empire there somewhere like actually like this is going to work for now, but like if we can incorporate more Bitcoin ethos, more Noster ethos in this, like that's where he wanted to go. He'd love it to be open source and decentralized. He just has said to me, he doesn't know exactly how to do that yet. Yeah. And I think it's, it's smart to not rush towards it. If you know, like like to make stackernories work, you have to have some sort of algorithm that decays the things. You can't run it without an algorithm. Right. And a lot of, Noster stuff is very, like, anti-algorithm, right? Totally. Not, not entirely, but, but that's kind of the...
1: But to be clear, my understanding is everyone has a slightly different view of the network already on Stacker News.
0: Yeah, c- could be. Yeah, I, I don't know if that is implemented as such, but, like, there's at least one algorithm and maybe, maybe. one algorithm per person. Yeah, I, I think it's but one But there's per not person. zero algorithms. Yeah, of course. It's kind of, at least historically, the Noster ideal has been zero algorithms. We but don't it, want to touch that. Is right? that
1: true? I mean, there are some people, right. That are very loud and outspoken about that, but most people I think that are pretty reasonable recognize there's nothing wrong with algorithms. We yeah. just want transparency around yeah. what the yeah. algorithm is. And so I, I think that Keon also is a very, um, actions speak louder than words kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not out there politicking for any of this stuff, yeah. Yeah. which, you know, actually maybe would be good if he were, but regardless, I mean, the, um, I think most of the Nostra community, you're always going to have some people that, whatever, like just want to be ornery to be ornery, but like yeah. will be excited with, um, yeah, like open transparent marketplace for algorithms, which is I think where Ian wants to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. And ev- even though today it's closed, I think... It's fine if you have a good
1: actor running the show there, which totally. I we have in Kian. So. I agree. And then, you know, obviously, you never know. I mean, like, could he become Gaul more the- <laughs> yeah. like Like, I think Kian's definitely one of the best people I've met. And like, but yeah, I mean, trust, don't verify, watch and see what happens. But yeah. he has given, over the years I've known him, nothing but just over and over the clear intent he wants to build something that he can't run. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day he'll disappear. Like uh, Satoshi, I don't know. Disappear into Cruz. Disappeared, exactly, exactly.
0: You'd he, probably love it there. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, so so Stacker News, mm-hmm. and we were talking I thought we had a few other tangents that, oh, that was oh,
1: let's jump into Artur. Okay because we yeah, talked about yeah. that. So I have not played so Artur, as a reminder for those who are listening and haven't you know played this stuff in a while, he had Nostradot which was a mm-hmm. search engine. He had this kind of trust rating as a service API. Then he went all in on building Spring, which maybe you can describe a bit.
0: Yeah, so Spring is, I think, it, today it's only an Android app, but it's with a goal to get to PWAs and iOS. But the it's kind of a, uh, I'd call it like a meta browser of Nostr apps. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to, you know, think about most Nostr apps, there's like where are my keys managed and how do I launch new apps and how do I safely give my keys from wherever I'm storing them to an app. It's a very hard problem. And so I think the Spring browser, the way I've, everything I've learned about it, it appears to be like you can fire it up on Android, which I think we don't have. So we yeah. haven't actually been able to play <laughs> with Neither it. Neither of us have used it yet. Yeah. But um, you fire up Spring and you you probably paste your your NSEC in there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like a beautiful dashboard of a bunch of different apps you can use. And you can pop from one app to the next. So It almost feels like a home screen for Noster. It's kind of how I think about it, at least the visuals I've seen. Um, you can pop into primal or coracle or you know whatever whatever you'd like to to use um, and I think that is a, a critical piece of infrastructure to enable more kind of browsing and assembly and then he's he's been talking about kind of the micro apps idea and can you help kind of the fragments of apps come together so right now everybody kind of rebuilds a lot of the same infrastructure when they want to build an app because everybody's kind of Trying to build a full app experience, but I think the vision, if I understand it right, is that you could take uh, you know little fragments of an app and attach them and assemble them. So you could take uh, some fragments of apps and assemble them into a um, into a new experience that's not like an app as we think about it today, but it's like an experience of a bunch of different fragments that get assembled and used in this way. So it's kind of like Spring is that platform to help with that kind of key management and then sort of app discovery and use.
1: And and that also ties in the idea you were talking about earlier with all the remixing of software, right? Or in yeah. the future, maybe there's like a marketplace for micro apps. Yeah. And maybe that becomes something, maybe this is what something like spring becomes.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think an important part about the, that whole, like, you know, can you conjure up apps, that idea, an important part is if you enable an end user to conjure up an app, and they're they're not going to have a developer account on an app store and they're not going to understand why they have to mess with these developer keys and they're not going to understand these crazy review <laughs> processes and like all of that stuff they're just going to be like i don't know i just told you i want a crossword puzzle let me use the crossword puzzle yeah and i think in a sense it's like a different approach to the super app idea totally. and it may be that it's a super app as a single app or maybe it's uh, hopefully a protocol that helps a bunch of different things thrive in a dis- you know disconnected or loosely connected federated way but, um, but if I want that crossword puzzle, my ideal experience is I just like conjure it up and have it and then I have like a link and I can save it to my home screen as a PWA and then I can share a link to that with you. It didn't have to get developer keys. I didn't need a developer account. I don't need to go through a view process. I just share something I have from the web. Yeah. If that future is the case, then why can't those things just be browsable through Spring or some other kind of, you know, some other kinds of like app-like interface, but not, not like the app store style of an app.
1: I agree. Like an open browser, yeah. right? Yeah. Kind of like browsers in theory are on the web. Yeah. I, um, obviously can't say too much either cause I haven't used it. The two things I will say, one, two things on Archer's app, the browser. One is, um, I was really excited to see on stacker news. People seem organically like multiple people are talking about how much they loved it. So that's great. Can't mm-hmm. wait till I can try it. So it seems like he's going in at least a direction that some people like Two, I like that he's thinking a lot about this trust, strength, think as well. And, you know, both he and Kian are both obviously, you know, very principle, first principle, deep thinkers that have been doing a lot of research and web of trust. And, you know, there's like a lot of like academic papers, which frankly are about my pay grade at the moment. And it seems like Archer's experimenting stuff where people can kind of like adjust their own weights. And, you know, I think maybe there's like some auto weighting, and maybe you can like dial up someone that you think mm. you should have as more of a trust to know the network mm-hmm. dial down. And, um, you know, kind of a let your um, your own trust view of the network evolve that way. Right. Um, but so I, I, I think that's the thing I'm probably, besides the fact that he's building a browser, most excited about is that he and Kian are both figuring out how do you create an infinite number of views or an infinite numbers of trust windows into mm-hmm. an open decentralized network. I think that's like a fascinating intellectual question.
0: Right. Right. And you said there's like these papers are, is it kind of a research yeah, type thing? Like university, like okay. theses. Cause I, I think the, you know, the, the biggest limiter in my mind is, do we have product experiences that generate enough interesting personalization? So do you think. On Stacker News or just on like open NOSTER events, do you think we generally have enough that we can start playing with these levers? Or is it kind of just let's let's get more momentum with the data first? Or where are we sort of in the evolution there?
1: Um, it's a good question. I know there was um, maybe six weeks or so ago, Jack posted something where he was like, search is the big thing we're missing on NOSTER. And then you and Archer had a really interesting conversation where both of you kind of came to the opinion that Yes, in the long run, but we're not, we don't have enough content yet for search to matter or discovery to matter. Um, so probably true. We just need to get more apps, more content before this stuff matters a ton. But at least in stacker news, I think we're there. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of content coming there every day now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and at least in the Bitcoin sub, it's pretty damn full. So I, I, and we have, you know, tens of thousands of daily active users um, from what I can tell in the stats, at least. And so I, it seems like, anecdotally, it just feels to me like we're at that point. I mean, obviously, more users probably better data. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like we're at a good spot, at least in Stacker News for that. On Stacker
0: work. News, but Stacker News is centralized. Centralized, so it's hard to other for other people to experiment. So is this yeah. like a priority right now for Kian or?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't speak for Kian, but okay. my my sense is that he's will probably open it up over time. That he's just like got a lot of stuff he's dealing with yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, in terms of Artur and his trust rank, I mean, I think for one thing, obviously I think they've got, to, you know, whatever, 500 or so people that are using it right now or something like that. Now, once he opens it up to iOS, I think a lot more people will flood it. Yep. So hopefully that comes in the next month or two. Um, so we probably have another order of magnitude or two to go before that becomes like the limiting factor. It's probably just like usage right now.
0: Right, right. Cool. And what else? Um, what else on Spring? Other things we should be thinking about? where it touches.
1: No, I mean, I'm just really interested in what this long tail of apps is going to look like. I mean, he mentioned a few of them. I can't wait to see Like I was just very pleasantly surprised to see that, you know, even though I think, you know, Nostra is maybe stalled in some of the like, uh, external user metrics, like developers can to ship new stuff. Yeah. And that's what we need. Cause we don't know what the next big thing that's going to pop is. Right. Right. It's cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, what else do we have? Other other topics? There are a couple things I wanted to mention. One, I'll talk. I think we should maybe save it for a longer conversation next time. I'm becoming increasingly obsessed in this like kind of like idea around maybe the next paper is forming in my mind. Um, I'm really interested in this idea of like evolving computers instead of designing them. So okay. this is something that what's that all about? We should have a much longer conversation. Basically, my thesis is Bitcoin is energy-backed money, and um, basically like the next Introduction of AIs plus humans, like why I'm climbing my, my fund high. And it's also top of mind for me for a couple of reasons. One, I was re listening to a podcast with Drew Banzel. He always has great ideas around this stuff. Um, I think we kind of see eye to eye on where this is going evolutionary wise. Two, I'm redesigning my website. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that gets out by next year in the next two weeks. Um, and so, thinking a lot about how I'm trying to describe, like, I don't see our fund, my fund, as a Bitcoin fund. It's more of how do we build this super organism? That, mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested in. And I think that computers in general are very brittle because they're designed by human minds, the most um, resilient and like the types of structures that are good for um, evolution. I think this is the Galt's Law thing or whatever, where it's like you need a small thing that becomes part of a bigger thing where you can also call this hole-on theory from Ken Wilber. Whole, every hole is part of a new hole all the way up and all the way down. Um, it comes from evolution, not design. And I think that we're going to have the same thing with computers and with AIs, then in the future, the best AIs and the best computers are going to be those that evolve. And to evolve, that means you need basically to have um, metabolism, and metabolism is going to evolve. Basically, you're going to have metabolic pathways, which are represented by the ATP of these systems, which is Bitcoin, and um, probably the quote-unquote delineation between organisms is going to be who holds the Bitcoin private key.
0: Mm-hmm. So anyways,
1: I have a lot more to say there, but this is like very much top of mind for right. me, and um, yeah, this is a topic I'm just becoming endlessly interested in is how do we evolve computers instead of designing them? So right, right. M- more to come. <laughs> one other thing I wanted to just touch on. Oh, actually, yes. Two things I want to touch on. One, you mentioned before PWAs. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to listen to your, um, app store store.app. Store.app. Yeah. Um, yep. seems like PDA- T- PWAs are having a moment. I know Mutiny has one. Mm-hmm. Geyser has one. Yep. Albi will have one very soon if they don't already out. A bunch of people are doing this. What was your big takeaway from that?
0: Yeah, I think the um, so I had a, a discussion with uh, with Morgan Bender, fr- who created Store.app. App, and Store.app App is meant to be like an open app store for just the web and kind of to push PWAs um, to be more accessible. I think one of the big things I didn't realize they were doing, which I think is a you know could be quite a big deal, uh, and actually everybody everybody building PWA should be aware of, is they're building kind of a bunch of like an an npm installer that you can just Ooh. drop into yeah kind of your the rest of your website build. Cool. And it will have a bunch of like the infrastructure and kind of UIs to help users understand what a PWA is and how to get it installed. I love it. So if you think about all the different form factors and like prompts you have to do. And if you're on iOS you may want to show like a little thing that shows you how to add to home screen and maybe it's a little bit different on Android and maybe it's not like that at all when you're accessing it via like a laptop all of those decisions should be like understood and made once. Got and it. so they build all of that. Cool. They figure it out. And so if you're building a PWA, you don't have to like, Hey, when I'm on Android, if I'm on this size device, then I want to have a prompt that explains to go use this feature of this menu to add the PWA. They just like out of the box, have that available for you. So it's like, that's amazing. Big value add for developers to be able to like more easily deploy a PWA, which I think is like a big win.
1: And is there a thesis that, Oh, damn. <laughs>
0: I think it actually, think it actually is. Oh, yeah. I think it does
1: not stop it. I think it just stops the video. Oh, but it's still recording. So, um, PWAs store not app. Is there a thesis that there like there's like a window of time right now where people are just getting frustrated with the app stores, either censoring or making it difficult to launch new kinds of apps, and that eventually everyone goes PWA. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he he bought the domain. I think he said he was, like, the first
0: .app domain ever because he's been, I think, in, like, 2018, 2019 when, when .app domains went around. I think he, you know, he he was one of, like, the very first few seconds because he had this idea he's, like, wanted to pursue. Um, That's and a he, good name. He didn't actually start pursuing it until Web Push was, I think, announced last summer mm-hmm. and is actually now broadly available. And just being able to, like, give push notice to a PWA is like a big deal and a game changer. So he's kind of like been noodling on it for a long, long time. We talked about stuff that happened 15 years ago, but um, but the fact that he registered the domain so recently and then he um, and then he actually you know because of this web push announcement, he said okay now's now's go time. Um, but I think he sees like this future where the app stores are you know increasingly under some regulatory scrutiny, and so they need to be um, savvy about you know kind of giving more right Mm -hmm. so you you see like apple could just say we're not supporting pwas instead they're like we support pwas look here's push notice it gives them regulatory cover they get like they show that they're just sort of adapting to what the world wants and not pushing people through their (laughs) app store you know it's kind of i think how the regulatory narrative would work on their side um but i think there is like more openness being pushed throughout you know throughout the ecosystem and you know so I think they say like, look, there needs to be a more open provider. Now I don't think I think he's like very pragmatic and open-minded, but you know I don't think he has all the answers to this. Like so, yeah. how do you ensure you don't you know create the same kinds of problems like regulatory problems that existing app stores have if you get big? I don't think he has a specific detailed plan of how that's going to work. I think he's generally like oriented toward trying to do the right thing, right? And so you kind of probably have to just play it out, get momentum, get the thing going. Maybe, you know, and we talked a little bit about nostries. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. If only
1: there were an open <laughs> protocol for identity and Right.
0: But but I think it I think it actually echoes a little bit of the Stacker News style of like when you build something kind of more traditional, centralized, you can you can do it faster, you can make it make the UX simpler, you can kind of get off the ground. And if your goal is I don't need to invent the technology that enables like information to be served in multiple relays. I just need to make a great UX. Like let's optimize on that first. And over time, maybe we can figure out does Nostra win, does Mastodon or some other service win? Like you can kind of be agnostic about the layer there and don't race toward any (laughs) given layer. Um I think that's I think that's how I'd at least characterize his view. That's sort of you know, my, my observation cool. of, well, yeah, I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. I was
1: excited to see a lot of Noster and Bitcoin apps um, looks like are now listed on their app store. I know yeah. at least some mutiny is and a couple others. Yeah. Um, so that was very cool to see. And it sounds like they're at least open to learning more about Noster and Bitcoin, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Um, it also reminds me when you talk about the NPM stuff, Albie was playing with this idea and I would love to see this. I've been thinking about this idea since I was at my last fund for years now, anyone that ships anything, but, like little packages, right? Little like software packages. It makes so much sense that they should get paid some sats when that stuff gets downloaded, right? Like I cannot wait for a day when open source is just supported by like, okay, you know, you want my little package in here? It costs, you know, one sat. Right. Or 10 sats. Which for an individual user, it's nothing. But, you know, you get 100 million downloads
0: that starts to really add up. Right. And And so how do you, yeah, I guess the challenge is how do you, how do you like, how do you create like differential pricing? Because I think most of the issue is like, Sometimes when you use a package, it's basically going to go into some other free open source thing that nobody's going to make money on or nobody intends to. And it's just like net good for the world, and you wouldn't want to preclude or exclude those things from being able to happen. And sometimes it's going to be an important part of a
1: thing that gets sold to a corporation Adobe for or something. multi-million dollars, right?
0: It's a good question. It's so a good answer. I mean,
1: w- one answer is that everything has a cost, yeah. including the like good stuff for the world. Maybe it's like only one Satoshi. But kind of in like the same spam prevention way. Like I think I think one thing mm-hmm. you know that's really coming around my idea around the sort of evolving computers and stuff is that there's no such thing as free ever, right? Like there's like really cheap, but like you know certainly with AI stuff, anytime you're on a GPU that has a real energy cost. Too cheap to meter. Interesting. Well, isn't that a Kevin Kellyism? It is. A, yeah. I its it has been a while since I've heard that one, but I don't think that uh, I'm not sure that applies anymore because now we can like meter everything and mm-hmm. like you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 This is an opinion. I guess I hold a little less firmly. Maybe there are certain things that should just be like f- free flowing. Um, but you know, when there's even a one sheet you know, whatever cost it is, that does potentially pay the cost of like someone's running a server somewhere for that, mm-hmm. or someone is, um, I don't know, like paying some minor electricity cost or something. I don't know. I mean, that maybe, maybe there will be a way to do it conditionally if you want to just contribute it for free, you can. And if it's like something that's used under any kind of like money-making scheme, you have to pay for it. I I could be open to that too. But I do think in the future, my guess is that, you know, I've been thinking a lot about sort of information and entropy and energy lately. And this Mm -hmm. is a whole nother like rabbit hole. that's like related to my evolving computers thing. Yeah, We can have a much longer discussion about this. But one way, I'll just kind of, workshop some of these ideas. One way that I think about entropy is the opposite of information and information just means you like have an idea about how things are ordered and entropy just means you don't have an idea about how things are ordered. And one way to get less entropy is to spend energy. And you could argue that humans are anti entropy machines and we take energy and convert that into getting more of an idea of how things are ordered. Right. And so I do think
0: that like everything... Very, very efficiently too, right?
1: Yeah, very efficiently, very, right?
0: Very low power. Yeah, sure. I think, I think I think I heard, is it 20 watts? Your brain runs on 20 watts? I, I actually, I don't know
1: what the number is, <laughs> but I know, but compared to what we're doing with LLMs, it's like a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're way more efficient. And again, we're evolved, we're not designed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, but that's a bit of a tangent. That's a much longer conversation. But the the takeaway is that there's nothing that's like quote unquote free. Everything has an energetic cost. It may be very tiny, but like there is some cost. Yeah. And I think that... Um, yeah, over time, we're going to be able to um, more accurately reflect those costs. And the more things, like a lot of problems in our world, I think come from not being able to accurately have real-time costs associated with the action and just kind of like delaying it till a future time, not having a quote-unquote real-time settlement. And that leads to all kinds of opportunities for corruption and um, middlemen to get involved that don't need to. And so the closer we can be to the territory itself, the closer the map gets to the territory, the more accurate and the more like, Free flowing, it yeah. is, and that's a good thing, anyways. That's a much longer conversation, but uh, I forgot exactly where I was going with that right now. But
0: you were workshopping your thesis on
1: energy information and something with like basically being able to more accurately ref- reflect the cost things. I, I forgot that what was the point before that we're talking about? Uh, geez. yeah, <laughs> a- anyways, it'll come back to me, but this will be a much longer conversation, but in general. I'm interested in more accurately reflecting the energetic costs of yeah. things in real time. Right, right. And I think that creates a better, like I think the closer we get to truth, the better it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that a big way to get closer to truth and a big part of my thesis around Bitcoin has always been that there is a true energetic cost, at least in this dimension to everything. Yeah. And the more accurately we can reflect and pay it in real time, the better. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more to come there but that's something that's like really kind of like I'm noodling on these days
0: cool so we somehow got from PWAs to <laughs> <laughs> energy and, and entropy and digital
1: scarcity again yeah all roads lead to Bitcoin. All right. I mean, it really does. I mean, I, I know, and I know, like my friends, people must be a super nauseous. By the way, I'm trying like, really hard with the bull run coming to like not. I do not want to be the fucking Bitcoin guy. But but it is true. Like it's like you know. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? I know, well, <laughs> the good news is, um, yeah. Like I I really try and avoid that. I do not want to be that guy. But like, yeah, the people close to me, I've already explained my thesis. They either yeah. get it or they don't. And but the way that I always talk about it is Bitcoin is energy back like all I'm in, like forget Bitcoin I'm just interested in kilowatt hours I'm just interested in calories and um yeah m- more to come on that that's why like what I'm spending a lot of time thinking about but eventually everyone will understand Bitcoin is just a ledger of calories mm-hmm. and that's uh, it's really important because that's what the universe runs on right so it's not a voting mechanism or well it is in the sense that calories are a voting mechanism like I guess in some sense right like whatever the jewels kind of vote to reproduce or not in a way. <laughs> right. I don't know that, that, that yeah, that's a leak weaker link, but well, uh, you know, I guess as the, <laughs> world,
0: <laughs> as the world continues, uh, you know, more people, uh, I get that. You know, do you have an estimate of how many people probably get or understand Bitcoin or Noster or lightning or any of these
1: like order of magnitude? Do you have, yeah, I read a paper that talked that there's a couple hundred million people that have, like, interacted with Bitcoin in some way, shape, or form. Um, I'm assuming most of those have come through, like, custodial services or mm-hmm. exchanges. Um, interestingly, I have to go back a little bit of the numbers, but I think more outside of the U.S. than inside the U.S., which is interesting um, and kind of makes sense. In terms of how many people do I think actually understand it, I think very few, and, like, I don't think anyone fully does, right? Like, you know... Very few people, for example, that I know really take this energy lens to it. And I I personally think it's like the most important lens. And there's like two or three that I think that are really taking that in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying other people don't have like pieces of that. Uh, I consider myself to have a piece of that, but not all of it. Um, But it's like, yeah, it's just like an endless rabbit hole of interesting. Right. Well, Inquiry. Well, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll, we don't want to have a yet another bitcoin podcast so
1: we'll uh we'll, we'll stop there we'll,
0: we'll focus on the nostril yeah any any what other else anything
1: else oh one last on thing i did want to talk okay. about and just get your take on yeah. on stacker news is um i don't know how you say his name Ezekus or is or whatever the guy he that's goes what it was by ek ek yeah cool that makes it a lot easier for me he works with kian on stacker yeah. news and appears to be a good developer um he recently started a an Oracle sub.
0: Oh yeah! And
1: yeah. as part of the Oracle sub, he started Delphi.Market. dot Market. Now I am so interested in this. This is a prediction market set.
0: Oh, is I didn't realize. So Delphi.Market dot Market is a project. Oracle sub territory mm-hmm. are they're both ek. Yep. Oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've been, you know, asking this question for years, when are prediction markets going to take off? I'm curious your thoughts on this. And you could argue, well, they kind of do around the presidential elections and the price of Bitcoin and sports betting. Those are all prediction markets fair. Um, But, you know, you may remember, I remember when I was at my last fund, I was pretty excited about uh, what Joey Krug and those guys were doing with Augur. Oh, right. Okay. And obviously now I think that they just picked the wrong thing to build it on. But I think the idea is fantastic. so. Um, I wonder, you know, EK was making the prediction on his prediction sub that this will be the bull market when prediction subs take off, uh, um, prediction markets take off. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, we have to ask his sort of acceptance criteria for that because you could argue that they already have for sports betting or for betting on the price of Bitcoin, the options markets. Right. Um, what is your take on this? Why aren't prediction markets much bigger for everything? And do you think we'll get there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's we don't really have, I think, a legal way to do this in the U S today, <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to the regulation, <laughs> <laughs> which, which can limit the you know growth of something. I think gambling is very popular, but, but not very legal. So yeah. at least in the U S. So as long as, you know, we're living here and, you know, abiding by the laws of the land, um, I think it's, it's tough to do and a lot of, you know, a lot of development, you know, happens this way. So, you know, I think it could be done elsewhere, but then you don't have access to all the liquidity, here. the liquidity that's available here. So I, I think the reason we largely don't have this is we don't have I mean, when you're trying to specify a future, you need you need to be able to get liquidity and you need to have somebody who's gonna be the decision maker on these things and you know, all these like schemes are all like band-aids and paper clips of oh, like who decides? Well anybody decides. It's decentralized. Well, it's like how do you actually you need to actually have a credible thing like, hey, if there's like an edge case or it gets near something what's the mechanism for deciding do you randomly choose everybody who bet is it everybody who bet over a certain amount like we just don't have systems to do these kinds of things so they end up becoming like if it's so big that it's a presidential debate type thing you can probably get enough liquidity that it's like fun for that moment um but i think it's hard to get enough liquidity when you don't have any legal ways to build these things into businesses um, I think prediction markets will happen. I think you know, in the fullness of time, everything happens. <laughs> so um, I think they will happen, but I think you know we don't really have the right primitives yet. like Noster could be a contributor. I think you don't really want to run a proper you know a prediction market like you don't want to turn Stacker news into a gambling site, yeah definitely ultimately not. right yeah um so, yeah, how do you like how do you do it? How do you build liquidity and you know how do you have a team behind it or some sort of open protocol? that has a, a real order book. I don't think we have a credible yep. way to build great order books yet because people can really mess with order books if they're not, like, you know, if I can see all of the things that you are submitting to the order book, I can actually, like,
1: change the kinds of things exactly. I'm to submit to the order book, so. It's a really good point. I think, I mean, there's a couple. Oracles. Like,
0: who who decides? To, you know, well, so, so
1: there's a couple of solutions. This one solution is you just, like, maybe some, um, you know, countries become friendlier to this, like in El Salvador or, or Singapore or whatever. I think more likely in the medium term, I'm very bullish, so companies like Mutiny, and they're really involved with this whole discrete law contract, the DLC yep. thing. And so that seems very early, but I know Ben Carman seems like the world expert on that or one of the two or three world experts there is. So um, this idea of basically being able to sign a Bitcoin bet, and potentially you could use Nostra for, I guess, figuring out like broadcasting what your bet is to the Oracle, and then agreeing on an Oracle, and the Oracle could broadcast over an Oster as well the result of an outcome. You still have to trust that Oracle. Mm -hmm. Um, But in theory, you could do, as long as you trust that an Oracle or a group of Oracles puts out the right state of the world, so you could do this like Coinbase's price fee for the price of Bitcoin, or Coinbase average with Kraken and Binance and a few others, um, then you can trustlessly settle that bet as long as you trust that their information is right right with the LCs. And I think that's probably not that far off. Yeah. You still have to build the order book around it and liquidity. And how,
0: how you manage the trust, like what if maybe it's hard to modify the the Coinbase, you know, reported price at any given time, but maybe you could coax your friend who works at Kraken to do it or you know. Totally. Like, and that's why, yeah, you have to just like, like and
1: then there will be a marketplace for Oracles. And the yeah. Oracles will get priced probably differently based on right. how reputable they are, how hard it is to change the price. Like I, I imagine it'd be pretty hard to change the Coinbase price feed on Bitcoin.
0: Right. Yeah. I imagine that's, that's the case. But then if, if you can only bet on Bitcoin, then...
1: Well, exactly. Then you have to find enough trusted sources and enough liquidity for these niche markets. So maybe, yeah, maybe it cascades out. Maybe, obviously, gambling or sports betting. and
0: But, but how do you been. pool the money before you distribute it? Great question. Like, uh, well,
1: maybe you could use, I don't know, some of the Nostr Wallet Connect stuff that Bob is working on. Right, but, but you don't want
0: it to be pooled and held by any custodian. Well, that's what I'm saying. You could do it in
1: a way where you trustlessly sign it over to go to, like, to br- to pay out to one of two addresses depending on an outcome, as an example. Okay. But
0: who, whoever flips the outcome and says it went this way or that way exactly you're, you
1: have to trust that i mean you always well, you're trusting have to trust it. a data okay. feed yeah. but you then you might be able to mitigate that by saying you know we can average data feeds or things like that yeah i mean there's no way to get rid of the trusting a data
0: feed right i mean because it's like a real world event that you're betting on right exactly so, so you have to somehow
1: enter in yeah. if the event happened or not so I, anyways I guess, th- this is beyond my like, <laughs> you know deep understanding i just think it's very interesting and i think that yeah. the Information that prediction markets could give us about the world could be very useful.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So maybe we should go back to like a dorm room somewhere and just like have Bob Marley playing and we can sort of come up with these amazing ideas and then forget about them next morning. Forget
1: about them the next morning before we do, we'll record a video and listen to Arthur and Kian because they can actually build stuff. Or Pablo, because everyone knows that guy has a lot of free time and nothing going on. Right, nothing going on. So...
0: (laughs) <laughs> All right. All right. Shall we? Uh, shall we
1: wrap? This was a good one, man. This good, was fun. Good yeah. holiday. Uh, good holiday wrap. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Okay. All thanks, right. Dan, yeah, thanks for having us.